Welcome back to another edition of Burke's Eye View, the podcast. I'm your host, Dave Burkett, Lions beat writer for the Detroit Free Press. And what do you know? The, the Lions finally got in the win column last week, beat the Chicago Bears in overtime 37-34. And, man, that was a long time coming. It's, uh, you know, an 0-5 start is, is never a fun one to be a part of in any way, shape, or form for fans, for players, and you know, even us as media, I think it's uh, it's much easier to cover a winner. And uh, look, I'm not naive enough to think that the Lions' problems have all been solved by last week, and and certainly shouldn't be either. I mean, they uh, they beat a pretty bad team. I, I think the Bears, at the end of the day, will probably be owners of a top five pick in the, in this year's NFL draft or next year's NFL draft. And um, you know, certainly the Lions took advantage of them in a lot of ways. They, you know, Kelvin Johnson got going. Matthew Stafford, 400 yards. Um, it was a good day all the way around for that offense. The defense still showed some, um, you know, cause for concern. Uh, they they had a tough time stopping Elshon Jeffrey at the end when they needed to stop. the The Bears put up 34 points, and and like I said, that's just that's not a good Bears team. So um, the Lions still have some work in front of them, and and they have a a, a tougher opponent this week. The Minnesota Vikings uh, coming to Ford Field, another NFC North showdown. And uh, look, the Vikings won the uh, the first game this year, 26-16. That one was was in Minnesota, and you'd think coming home, the Lions might have a uh, a little bit of an advantage. But um, it's going to be a tough one. The Vikings are uh, that defense can give some teams fits, and and like I said, I just I don't know if uh, how much of last week was smoke and mirrors, and and how much was good old uh, real life improvements. So. We will find out this week. Uh, and, you know, I brought in uh, another line to talk about that this week, Brandon Copeland. He's a special teams player. He's got a real, real interesting story, winding story about how he got to the NFL after, you know, getting cut a couple times and, you know, stuck with the Lions. He really made his mark on special teams. But you've started to see him a little bit more as, as sort of a situational pass rusher. And, you know, he's a guy that's going to have – um, a lot on his plate this week with a, with a really good uh, set of return men that the Vikings have. So without further ado, uh, this week's podcast with Lions linebacker Brandon Copeland. Uh, you know, let's talk about your journey to the NFL first here, a journey to this team, I guess. You've had a whole bunch of ups and downs, I guess, in your career. So what is it like to finally find a home and a role on a team like this? Oh, that's, I mean, it's, it's awesome being here with these guys, this group of guys. Um, but, you know, I'm quick to remind myself and the other guys are um, humble in, the, in our approach in terms of, you know, you never really find a home um, in this league. So that's the way I approach every single week. Um, you know, I'm happy, obviously, to be here in Detroit and, and having the best year of my life um, on the football field. But, you know, if you, as soon as you start to think, oh, I found a home and get comfortable, that's when you start to, you know, slack and, and your play starts to slack and then you end up not having a home. So, um, you know, I just approach every single week uh, with the same enthusiasm as I did in training camp and, and you know, let the chips fall with it, man. I guess you've lived it, right? Just as soon as you get comfortable in the spot, you yeah. could be gone the next day. So exactly. That's part of it. So. Exactly, yeah. What, what's, what was the most trying time in getting here? Because you, you, how many different teams were you on before you came uh, here? This two? is my third team, yeah, two. so I was on two before this. Um, the most trying time probably would have been last season. Sitting out. Um, sitting out, yeah. I sat out for 14 of the 17 weeks at the, you know, the, the last 14 weeks. So, you know, sitting out, keeping your mind into it, um, you know, not giving up on chasing the dream, um, still going, waking up and working out every single day, being, staying ready for the call that, you know, it never came during the season. 
um, and being ready for, you know, being ready for your opportunity when you got it. So. And we, we talked about this in the preseason a little bit, that at one point you thought, uh, you know, that this was your last shot, basically, that, yes. you know, that you were going to give it your all this year, and if it didn't work out, maybe going to something else. You went through the, the veteran combine, and, and obviously they a bunch of teams were interested in you, and you but you, you chose to sign here. So living on that, that sort of edge of, of the NFL, how, it's got to be trying on a guy in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not, you know, my story isn't um, too different from – you know, probably a, a big percentage of the guys in this locker room, um, you know, at some point in their careers. Um, but, you know, I, like I said, I think that, you know, I'm trying to make sure, slash am making sure, doing a good job of making sure that, you know, I keep that same type of mentality of do or die. You know, this is my last shot. Um, chip on my shoulder, you know, by this NFL game. You see guys here today, gone tomorrow. So, um, you know, they're by no means... Or, you know, I haven't got it to the point in my mind yet where I feel like, oh, I've made it. I can, uh, you know, be comfortable every week. You know, I think, you know, for example, every every single week, I mean, it's sad, but, um, you know, my family doesn't call me until a certain time every single week just to make sure. Um, because I'm, you know, I, I'm more paranoid from years previous of, of things that have happened. Um in, in terms of being cut at certain times and stuff like that. So, you know, it's funny, every single week, the minute after, um, you know, you're quote-unquote paid for the week, you know, which is a sad way to take it. But, you know, the minute after, my mom calls me and is always like, is everything, you know, you good? And just starts like, oh, we can't be doing this every single week. But I'm like, you know, don't change it. You know, we got to keep that same type of urgency. Um Four PM in my Tuesday? preparation. Is yeah, four PM yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. So yeah, what are those calls see. like? What's what's it? Uh, I mean, we laugh every single <laughs> every single time at four one. Uh, you know, my roommate Kerry Hyder, he always is like, man, you can't can't live like that, man. You know, all that type of stuff. And I understand it, but I've also been cut at three fifty six PM before. So you know, um, you know, I try try to make sure. Not that I'm I'm not getting quote unquote. I try to make sure that I get comfortable with the, the playbook and the schemes and the with my teammates and stuff like that um, and build relationships with them, my coaches and stuff. But I'm also with the same training camp mentality and the same mentality that I had last year. And, and, you know, every time, every weekend, you know, I go into this mode where, you know, this Saturday I start to think about before the game and and I start to think about where I was last year this time and, and, you know, sitting at home and, you know, watching – you know, whatever local game was on and stuff like that and having to watch it with my friends and family and they wondering, you know, why I'm not playing and when I'm going to get a call and stuff like that. So, you know, I just try to make sure I keep that that type of internal motivation so that when I'm on the field, you know, no matter how I'm feeling, banged up or, you know, fresh, I'm just going 100% and, and making sure that, you know, people can see you know, someone made a mistake last year. Uh, refresh me. I think I'm remembering this right, but you know, I want to know how much motivation that was. Because didn't you tell me that you would watch some of those games uh, mm-hmm. running on your treadmill, volume off, just yep. kind of thinking deep thoughts to yourself about exactly. what it would be like to be exactly. Out there. Yeah, I would just get on the treadmill, turn the game on, TV volume off, and just have music blasting and just be pissed off and and running, um, running or doing push-ups or creating some type of workout. Um, in the in the house and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it, it's still motivation to me. I laugh at, not laugh because I, 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 I smile and, and, 
you know, it makes me proud of where I've come from in, the, in you know, 365 days. Um, but I also know that I'm still not um, where I want to be in this league and also, you know, as respected as I, I would like to be in this league and, and around. So, um, you know, I just make sure I continue to keep the chip on my shoulder and try to beat whoever's in, in front of me. What, what is the lesson in all this? To Because the, there's a lot of guys, you know, that have been in your situation yeah. that give up or, or can't get a break, you know, don't – maybe they didn't have the veteran combine back then. They don't yeah. get the, the, the break of the year. So what is the lesson to a guy that's going to be in your shoes next year? To, right. What would you tell them about how to get to where you are? Well, I mean, I think that – Everyone, I mean, everyone is in a different situation, different background, um, different set of circumstances. But I think you just examine your own circumstances, and if you feel like, you know, you have the time and, and the the energy, and and the it, it, and it makes sense to to keep fighting for it, then you you can chase that dream. You can chase this dream. Yeah, exactly. You 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 have the rest of your life to start working. Um, in my opinion, you have the rest of your life to start working and get yeah. a job and sit behind a desk. But, um, you know, you can only do this for, for about so long. And, and for me, it was, you know, I, I, at the age of 35, I wouldn't want to still be hopping on the treadmill with the music down and, yeah. <laughs> and running like what could have been. So, um, you know, I, like I said, I just gave myself one shot. And, and whenever you do get that opportunity on one shot, you know, the thing I've learned um, is just you. You really have to flip yourself into that animal mode. You know, you really can't can't take anything for granted. Can't can't have friends on the field. Um, you know, you just got to do what you have to do to to get the job done. Play in and play out, and then let the let the the guys who get paid to make the decisions make the decisions. There'll be no wondering what if with for Brandon Copeland, who I'm here with on the uh, the podcast right now inside the Lions locker room. Um, Special teams. Uh, talked to Joe Marciano briefly the other day. You know, he complimented your special teams play. Obviously, you've been one of the stalwarts on, on all the cover units for the Lions this year. What makes a good special teams player? Wow. Uh, I say a guy that one works with his teammates well, but also can learn from his teammates. I mean, I've, I've learned a lot from the guys, especially the other linebackers, but the guys. The guys right next to me, lockers are right next to me, and stuff like that. And everybody else in the field, I learned a lot from um, the way we work in practice. Um, you know, the, I remember in camp there was a time where I'm working against Tahir and KV and Travis, and I'm just like, you know, the 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 a type of pressure that we put on each other um, just makes it so much easier in the game. And obviously, the game is always a battle, but I know I've gone up against the best before I even you know, step on the field, you know. Um, so I say, you know, other than that, it's just getting in the playbook, learning the people who you might play up against. Special teams are so fluid that you never know who will be in front of you, but learning the people you might play up against, but then also just um, running. <laughs> I mean, uh, for me, that's been the biggest change is just being able to be my size and just to run, run, run. Um, you know, I've spent the first few games trying to make sure, you know, these are my first active games as special as a special teams player. Um, you know, I hadn't played special teams in college. I hadn't played special teams since rec league. 
Um, so my first few games was more trying to get my bearings, trying to get off the, the blocks fast and get down the field and just, you know, doing my job. And now it's doing my job, but now I'm also just trying to be more of explosive and make more of an impact for our team and, and shoot my gun more. So you see me laying out and, you know, sometimes you make it, sometimes you, you miss it. But, you know, at least you, you, I've shot my gun and my team knows what I'm trying to you know, make a play for him. For those who may hit the bathroom break for uh, during special teams play, number 95, and you'll see him running downfield. That's one thing the Lions really like was the uh, the speed that he can cover for uh, for a guy his size. You mentioned the personnel. Vikings have pretty good personnel on, on special teams. How do you guys contain their – they get two pretty good return men. So how do you, how do you contain those two guys? Yeah, uh, I mean, we got to – Play, play our game, play our football. Like I said, fortunately for us, we have a bunch of dogs on our own special teams um, units, all of our units. So, um, you know, we need to get off our blocks, get down there. You know, we know that these guys are going to try to make returns. They're not going to fair catch it easily. They're not going to, uh, you know, step out of the end zone <laughs> on kickoff and stuff like that. So They bring it back uh, from everywhere, don't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But for the, for the guys on this team, that's a challenge, and that's what we, that's what we you know, that's why we signed up for this game. So um, we're just going to everybody do your job, maintain your responsibility, and just do it hard and fast and, um, you know, let the rest take care of itself. Get them down when you get, a, you get your hand on them. So. I know we're, we're in the linebacker corner of the locker room here, but uh, they've been using you a lot as a, a nickel rusher, and, and mm-hmm. it seems like you, you've sort of adapted that role. I know it's so, sort of like how you played in college, but mm-hmm. you like getting after the quarterback a little bit too? Love it. Yeah. Love it. I mean, I think for for me, I always was a D lineman, and I mean, for, you know, no offense to myself and D lineman everywhere, but it's <laughs> less of a thinking um, game. Now my, my head personally has been spinning around just – trying to make sure I keep up with learning all the linebacker, all the defensive line positions and the special teams and everything, you know. Um, but, you know, I, I, I can handle it. And, uh, you know, those times where I do get the rushes, at the end of the day, you, you're always right if you get the, get the quarterback down. So, you know, that kind of makes it a little simpler. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they've seen this in me and, and have given me the chance and, and with my, you know, I won't say newfound, but improved speed and improved athleticism, it's been um, pretty good for me, pretty pretty uh, good of a, a change-up for me um, and a change-up for us on the defensive line and you know, those tackles, making those tackles get back and have to deal with my speed. Um, so... Get after it and go a little bit, I guess. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Right, you uh, you played Ivy League football. What is it? Well, one or two last things here before we get to our final five questions. Mm-hmm. But what is it like as an Ivy League player? How do you balance the school? Everybody knows uh-huh. what, how difficult that is. You went to Penn. Yeah. For those who don't know out there, but how do you balance the school and the football uh, aspect of, of college in that regard? Oh, you just organization. Um, try to organize your time, plan, um, plan as best as you can. Me, I never took books and stuff on the road like some of my teammates and stuff. Uh, did in college, but um, but you know all you got to do is just try to like I said try to stay on top of it. You're not it's just like football. You're not always going to get it right, <laughs> you know, so to speak. But you just got to try to to balance it all. Um, you know, you take advantage of the biggest things. Take advantage of your resources. I, I'd say that that's for life lesson in general. You know, a lot of people are afraid to ask for help um, out of fear of looking. You know. 
quote unquote dumb or quote unquote feeling embarrassed or ashamed to ask for help, whether it's on the football field or in you know classes or in life in general. But you know, I have no shame in asking for help when I don't know something. You know, um, so that's that's that was the biggest thing. And then also, like I said, you you know, I always figured you know to be honest, I always figured you know when when things did get tough on me academically. Um, you know, we had maybe 109 guys on our team, um, you know, and I always figured I wasn't the, yeah, I mean, I always, yeah, I always try to put things in perspective and, you know, no offense, but I just figured, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not the dumbest guy to ever come through here. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I know I'm not the smartest, but I'm definitely not the dumbest, you know, somebody is, you know, who is not as gifted as me academically made it through here made it through with flying colors so you know i figure i could do the same and you know i try to take that perspective on on things in life as well so what's the hardest class you took there who finance yeah oh finance 101 maybe finance 101 and slash uh and or econ 10 and it was half microeconomics, half macroeconomics, freshman year, first semester, and it was it deep was stuff. Rough one. Yeah, yeah, it got real. <laughs> it got real. <laughs> that was I wasn't good at using my resources back then, so you know. <laughs> we well, got guys in this locker room from Princeton, from Lehigh. Mm-hmm. What is the stigma that that comes with maybe that NFL teams have against a a small school player like that, an Ivy League player like that? Yeah, I mean, I guess the stigma is just more so you haven't really played at that that uh, the. The type of competition day in and day out to, you know, try you and and prove your skills as a player. So, you know, a lot of these guys come up here and, and to the NFL and they've played against, practice against Jadavian Clowney every single day. You know, so they know they've, they've like I said, you know, I step on the field on special teams. I know I've gone up against some of the best in, in terms of the guys I practice against um, and have have played against. And I guess for the NFL is just like, you know, that same type of check um, of the box when it comes to, you know, the smaller school football players and stuff like that. But, you know, you just one play at a time, try, try to prove him wrong. You know, it's just less of a margin for error for you. Um, as with any, almost any undrafted guy or, you know, lower round, later round pick. But, um, you know, you just... Like I said, put it together one play at a time and try to do the best you can and hopefully let the chips fall over me, I guess. And he's been doing that this year, Brandon Copeland, proving that no matter the the road you take or the school you come from, you can you can get it done in the NFL. Um, all right, so we like to end this with, with fast five questions here, gotcha. sort of a get-to-know-you sort of deal. So gotcha. uh, non-football related, let's start off with this one. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Oh, mint chocolate chip. Yeah? Mm. Yeah, why, easy. Yeah, I don't know why. It's, ever since I've been a kid, it's just been been my thing. But I've been getting the Ben and Jerry's little pints. They got like some cinnamon cookie dough type things and half baked. They got some pretty. They have some pretty good. How long does it take you to dust one of those off? Uh, good night. <laughs> good two hours, brother. Laying low after sore, right. being sore from a game, you right. can knock it out. All right, what's the most you've ever paid for a haircut? Forty dollars. Yeah. And I would never do it again. Yeah, oh my gosh, I got I got tricked. I tried to go to the barbershop with one of these guys, and and I guess the guy tried to take advantage of us a little bit. Um, yeah, I never, never again. I'm used to usually in the twenty to twenty five dollar range, right. and you know my hair isn't that expensive. I don't think you know I don't have anything special going on. So, see, I go with the wife again. takes out the three and she shaves yeah. my head and just let it roll. But I know some of these guys fly up their own barbers. And yeah, stuff, so, you I know. Nah, I can. I, I'll just take some scissors or something. (laughs) 
All right, the, uh, if there was a movie made about your life, who's the actor that would play you? Ooh. Who would I want to play me or who probably who would you want to play you? All my friends would probably joke and try to say Keenan or somebody would try to play me back from my bigger days. But uh, who would I want to play me? Uh, Jamie Foxx. Jamie, Jamie Foxx? Fox. Yeah, that's my... Like that's my... Yeah, that's my uh, kind of role model slash um, celebrity person who, if I could meet, it would be him. Um, just a lot of people don't know about his story, and I ran across it when I was younger. And he's a, you know, obviously an actor, comedian, singer, um, and a lot of people don't know that he started doing the comedy to open up the singing for him. Like his dream is really to sing. But he started doing stand-up comedy. His name was Eric Bishop. His name is Eric Bishop. And he changed his name to Jamie Foxx because he saw that more women were getting stand-up opportunities. And so he changed his name to Jamie Foxx, a more unisex name. Um, And then did more stand-up, got into movie roles on Never Color and all that type of stuff, acting and let his one of his talents and gifts kind of open up the door for what his real dreams were in terms of the singing and stuff like that. And so you started to see his uh, singing start to blossom or, or come out on his TV show when he got it. But that's why I yeah. actually... I like Jamie Foxx, yeah. Yeah. Um, All right, let me flip it around. I don't know if you're Mm -hmm. a Star Wars fan at all, but the trailer came out for the new Star Wars movie. I saw that. So if you could be one character, if you're one character in Star Wars, who would you be? I'd have to be Luke. You know, (laughs) I I don't know. I'm not. Might as well, Yeah, why not? The crazy thing is I I don't really understand (laughs) completely Star Wars. Like, I've been watching it as a kid, but I know I'm going to watch the movie and stuff like that. I'm in the fantasy and imagine like fantasy type of movies the harry potters the hunger games all that type of stuff um lord of the rings all that stuff still like i said sometimes i'm not understanding who's who but you know i'm just going with the flow so. i think it comes out after uh your thursday night game mm-hmm. uh, a couple months so yeah that'd be still after the game right check it out, right? exactly all right last one uh the nfl you guys are going to london next week uh mm-hmm. international series the nfl is talking about expanding that series they want to go to germany they want to go to mexico to play games you can pick one country in the world to play a football game country in. where um, are you going to play that I'm, outside of the united states yeah yeah i was about to say brazil and then, can we do that? You can do that. Okay. Pro Bowl's going to be there in a few years. Really? It's supposed to be, yeah. I got to get some tackles then. Sheesh. Uh, <laughs> nah, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I've always wanted to go to Spain, Brazil. Um, uh, London is going to be awesome. I always wanted to go to London, so this kind of – I'd never been to California before the season started. We went to San Diego. I mean, there's been little milestones yeah. that I've been trying to get to, you know, uh, for myself. So, you know, saying, making a team and going to San Diego was my first time in California. What better way to do it? Never been to London going with the team. What better way to go, you know, and do it? Um, and so, you know, hopefully, I mean – NFL, get to, get to Brazil, get Spain going, you know, Australia. I'd love to go to Australia as well. We, maybe, maybe throw an Antarctica game in there as well, you know. <laughs> Take <laughs> a free trip anywhere, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> China, Beijing, we could do whatever we want to do, you know. So. There you go. That's Brandon Copeland, Detroit Lions linebacker, defensive end, special teams player, a little bit of everything. Thanks for joining me, Brandon. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
There you have it. Lions linebacker slash defensive end slash special team standout Brandon Copeland. And uh, look, I mentioned it. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people aren't familiar with his work since his contributions come primarily on special teams. But he had a half sack last week against the Bears, starting to play a little bit more as a pass rusher. And, you know, he really is a good special teams player, having a good season in coverage for the Lions. And I know the the Lions, they've had their share of penalties on, on special teams. That's one thing they have to clean up. But they really do have a pretty good kicking game overall. Um, the coverage units uh, in, in Cope is, is one reason why. Uh, nice find for the Lions, too. You know, he, he spent some time in Baltimore. He spent some time in Tennessee. Never really stuck at either place. And, uh, you know, kind of got a got a shot with a, a good showing at the Veteran Combine this spring. And, uh, you know, Lions were, were one of uh, about a dozen teams that, that wanted to, to bring him in that, that showed some interest. And they gave him a little bit of guaranteed money. And next thing you know, here he is making some plays for the team. So um, he's got a big job this week against a good Vikings return unit. Marcus Sherrill's Cordero Patterson, both those guys are, are pretty explosive. And uh, the Lions got their work cut out for them, too, with a, a pretty good Vikings team. And uh, look, to me, uh, it's a winnable game. Uh, I know I make my prediction every week. And in full disclosure, I picked the Vikings to win this week. Uh, but that said, I, I do think it's going to be a pretty close game. And it's a game the Lions can get. They just have to keep Matthew Stafford a little bit better protected than they did last time. If you remember, he took eight hits from eight different players, you know, needed his ribs x-rayed, just really had a a tough day against the Vikings uh, last month when they played in Minnesota. And the other thing is turnovers. The Lions lead the league, 18 turnovers. Stafford's, uh, you know, tied for second in the league with nine interceptions. Those are just some things that they have to clean up if they're going to get a win this week against the Vikings at Ford Field. They need one, too, because you don't want to go to London next week uh, coming off a, a down note. Uh, if they're one in six going in that game that's going to make for a long week a lot of travel uh you know players don't want to be over there anyways and be away from their family for a week and and to have that go on when you're one and six and out of things uh you know that's just it wouldn't be a good situation i don't think i think this is a key one they need to get it get some get some momentum get some confidence so at least they feel good about themselves making that long trip across the atlantic ocean uh all right, that's, that, that, that'll do it for this week's podcast. As always, I appreciate you subscribing, uh, listening, downloading on iTunes, checking us out here on Freep.com. We'll try to do one next week from London. It's tough, uh, different, different media rules, so don't know exactly who we're going to have access to, but we'll try to get you podcasts from out there. And thanks again, as always, for listening. Make sure you keep it here for all your Lions coverage right here, Freep.com. Freep.com.